you're listening to Plan B Podcast. The opinions expressed and shared on this podcast are of our own. Welcome to Plan B.SG. We are five months into this pandemic. More than 150,000 people have died. Genuinely, this is what the science is showing. And granted, you know, initially early on, there was a bit of confusion as to what you needed, what you didn't need. Welcome to BlendBee.SGM, Zari Smile. And I'm Verma. And I'm Rama. Had a pleasant uh, journey to the studio today. Alright. I didn't Why? have to wear my mask. Oh. And even the Grab app was prompting me wait, like... Wait, you were riding or what? No, I took a Grab. Oh. Hey, wait. On public... On, on, I thought you were supposed to... No, no, no. no public public transport, what? yes. Huh. Private hire, no need. Private hire, no. <laughs> yeah. So the, the app even prompts you like uh, it's optional for you to wear your mask. No, uh, right now you can you know unmask and all that. Okay, so but would you wear? Fun. I think I still wear. No, I wear. Um, no, because the driver wore. Mm. So I didn't wear. <laughs> so you didn't wear. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. Yeah. Because he wore the mask. Liberating. Huh? What kind of reasoning is that? I don't know lah. I mean, yeah, okay, maybe la. maybe I mean, they have a different memo of sorts. Like we've got all the drivers. Warm us. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, okay. We we were given you know the freedom to mask or unmask lah. Mm. Yes, mm. but uh, we have with us today a mm. very special guest, yeah. yes. a recurring guest. In fact, <laughs> um, it's not the first time that Doctor is with us. So we have with us Doctor Paul Tambia. Yes, uh, welcome back, Doctor. Welcome back. Hi. Yeah, the last time we had uh, you on board, our listeners were so happy with the yeah, vibe yeah, yeah. That, you, that you kind of like gave. There's this sense of honesty and like no holds barred discussion, and yes. you're willing to like. Laid it all out, yeah. And that's the fun part about you know uh, having a discussion with you. Yes. And so it's it's very good timing, right? Because yeah, yeah. we're back, and then we have uh, things that have been happening around Singapore quite recently. Mm. And so it's like the prime opportunity for yeah. honest discussions that we have mm. about yeah. those things. What are your thoughts about unmasking at this time? Should it should it be done much earlier, or you know? Well, you know, I, to be honest, mm. uh, um, I don't really like masks. Uh, uh. Uh, I can't wait to get into my office, close the door, and take off my mask. Yes, <laughs> and it's but so difficult to talk to people. It when is, yeah. and you know, actually, for the older people, mm-hmm. a lot of them can't hear very well, mm-hmm. so they try and lip read, and they have no idea what I'm saying. <laughs> so end up yelling at them. My wife's a teacher, and the problem with masks uh, in classrooms, especially, mm-hmm. it affects your communication with kids yeah. as well. It does. They don't know whether you're talking, whether you're smiling or you're frowning, and it, um. That yeah. uh, for for more than two years, mm-hmm. that relationship was really hard to you know foster, to decipher. Eh? Yeah, yeah. Mm. as compared to when when teachers and students were unmasked uh, prior before. Yeah. Mm. Uh, your thoughts about um, was it too long of a time? We've seen other countries go through the whole COVID pandemic without masks. You know, mm-hmm. uh, was this an extra precaution taken by the government? You feel too cautious, and, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, some countries are even more kiasu than we are. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. China is still locking down yes. people when they have five or six cases. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. and, and, you know, unfortunately or fortunately, uh, kiasuness is in our DNA. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I think uh, it's fair enough. You know, they waited for the numbers to go down. Mm-hmm. And now the numbers are much lower than they were a few few months ago. Mm-hmm. They're much higher than they were, you know, a year and a half ago or two okay. years ago. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. But still, um, it's kind of 
people are not so scared of the virus anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and also, uh, you heard from the minister, 70% of the population has been infected. Okay. Oh, mm. wow. Yeah. So, so is this herd immunity? Is yeah. this the same thing? Yeah. You know, herd immunity has been given such a bad name. <laughs> people think that you know, you're, you're turning people into a group of cows and waiting <laughs> for them to get slaughtered. Okay. But, but in reality, um, we do know that there's this thing called hybrid immunity. Hybrid wow. immunity. Yeah. Which means okay. you get vaccinated mm -hmm. so you don't get severe disease. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then you get mild disease. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and mm. the data is coming out. It suggests that that's pretty good. Mm -hmm. That can buy you like a year, maybe a year and a half, you know, that you can be pretty sure you're not going to get infected. Wow. Um, we've heard of like upcoming booster shots to be administered. Right. How important is that? Like, well, well, right now, <laughs> right now, what I've been saying is for, for those over 80, it's mm. probably a good idea. Okay. Ah, okay. Uh, for those under 80, mm -hmm. you know, the, the new Omicron specific booster has just been licensed in the UK. Okay. Uh -huh. And uh, there's an indication that it might be available in Singapore soon. Wow. Mm -hmm. So if you can wait, mm -hmm. I've actually told people, you know, you might as well wait. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, there are a lot of my friends who are traveling. Okay. And I can tell you, a plane, you know, you're stuck in the seat for yeah. like six hours yeah. and there's, there's people are coughing next to you and mm -hmm. climbing over you to go to the toilet. Mm -hmm. It's a good place to get infected if you <laughs> if you haven't been infected. True. See. True. Oh. So I recently got infected. Like, oh, yeah. like literally last week. Mm -hmm. uh, Finally. I just exited isolation today. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and so... You were saying just now, right? Like, if I get infected, I, I'm likely going to be in the clear for at least a year and a well, half. Well, you know, they used to, in the days when they were quite strict, mm -hmm. um, they still would have given you 180 days mm -hmm. that you shouldn't be tested again. Mm -hmm. oh. mm -hmm. And part of the reason for that is that they were testing people and they were finding dead virus. Mm -hmm. ah. And then they're PCR positive. And then, you know, you end up getting quarantined or getting ah. stuck in isolation. Mm -hmm. So, it made sense, you know. Yeah. Uh, the doctors used to give a memo. Uh, There's such a thing as dead virus. There is. Because, you know, after, in fact, uh, I was just saying that uh, they've done studies all over the world. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the live virus, the highest concentration of virus, unfortunately, is the day before you start having symptoms. Mm. So oh. nobody knows, you know. <laughs> it's That's like, kind of counterintuitive. Uh. It is, but it happens with other viruses. Oh. Like chicken pox. I see. The day before the rash is uh -huh. when you start getting infectious. Mm -hmm. ah. And so, um, and then it, it peaks at day one or day two. Mm -hmm. Then day three, day four, it starts going down. Mm -hmm. And after day five, uh, it's very hard to find live virus. All over the world, they've looked for it in mm -hmm. people who are infected. They haven't been able to find mm -hmm. a live virus. I see. So you, you just recovered from COVID. Yes. So you were asked to be quarantined or... Or you did that on your own? No. So the thing is, so funny fact lah, I was actually there getting my blood tested for yeah. dengue. Uh -huh. okay. Which is a whole other thing in itself, right? Because <laughs> I I was, uh, I got very high fever all of a sudden mm -hmm. and I went to see doctor and the yeah. doctor said, usually people with COVID don't get this kind of uh, fever. Okay. Mm. So they said, why not do a test? Mm -hmm. yeah. So just, I mean, I'm at a clinic so they said I had to do the ART. Mm -hmm. It came back positive. Uh -huh. And I was like, shit, if I get positive for this, mm. hopefully I don't get uh, positive, positive for, for dengue, dengue yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. because yeah. the doctor actually said, because my area mm. is Double a super I mean. red cluster. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, I think like now in the in the rating scheme, right. anything more than 10, it's like a red yeah, zone. That's right. We have 100. Wow. A hundred, mm. ten, ten times, times more. Yeah. yeah. So it's really bad. And the doctor said, just in that my area alone, mm -hmm. among like out of ten cases that she saw involving a fever, mm. six were dengue. Wow. Oh, yeah. So so she was really concerned. Right. So you asked to be quarantined for how long? Huh? I didn't ask for it. <laughs> I oh, had to be quarantined. Well, yeah. yeah. Self-isolation, bro. That's the yeah, So that's my concern. Like if we got COVID like in the future, right? Mm. Is there such a thing that we can 
go about our daily lives freely without being quarantined like the flu. Uh, mm, at, mm. at the moment, you know, even with the flu, ideally mm. you should stay at home. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. <laughs> I did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And, and frankly, you know, there's actually uh-huh. in the infectious disease world, yeah. mm-hmm. we talk about this thing called presenteeism. Mm-hmm. Okay. That means people are sick and it's been studied most for the flu. Mm-hmm. So when people are sick, they have the flu, they go to work, then the whole office will come down sick. Yeah. I see. Whereas okay. if they stay at home, at least other people can do the work. Yeah. Mm. So mm. in fact, there's a movement to try and uh, deal with presenteeism, mm. which they say mm. is almost as bad as absenteeism. Whoa. <laughs> oh, really? The, yeah. the boss yeah. should take yeah. notes. The boss sitting opposite me should take notes. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> You're a boss as well. You own this company. Right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, right. Yeah. Such a different culture. Like, yeah. Mm. I remember my time when working 8 to 5, whenever we take like MC more than one day, right? They mm. always say like, oh, is this trying to king, king or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. La. King, and, uh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so doctor, do you think, like, I mean, your own personal view, yeah. like, yeah. is that kind of reason for a paradigm shift? Mm. I think so. I think, you know, a lot of things are going to change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, frankly, I go into the office mm-hmm. and, and half of the, the admin staff are not there. Mm. Okay. And, uh, but, things get done mm-hmm. because they're so used to covering for each other or, mm. or working from home and getting things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it's Remotely, actually, yeah. and you know, frankly, they're, uh, I mean, I think they're spending less time in gossiping about, <laughs> about other people <laughs> and, uh, and okay. more time getting work done. So mm-hmm. efficiency is up. Probably. I don't know. I have no mm-hmm. empiric data. Mm-hmm. Now, after all this, right, after right. this discussion and looking at our last uh, discussion when you, were, uh, when you were here as a guest, mm-hmm. I just want to ask you, now you deal with infectious, infectious diseases all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. Does that get to you? Like, no, like it doesn't. The, the stress of like how easily you could get sick mm-hmm. and not just you, like yeah. how, how the fallibility of the human body Oh hmm. Well, you know, my mom actually asked me the same question. Mm-hmm. She said to me, See, why do you have to go into infectious diseases? <laughs> Don't you, aren't you scared of bringing something home? Mm-hmm. And I said to her, you know, frankly, the infectious disease guy is the safest guy on the planet. Why? Oh. Because by the time they call you, they already know that the patient has some infection. Mm. I see. The real frontliners are the oh. GPs, like the lady you saw. Mm. You know, she has to see somebody with a cough and cold, or with mm. a sprained ankle, with mm-hmm. high blood pressure, with diabetes. She doesn't know when somebody's going to turn up and, you know, he's got Ebola fever. He just flew in from Nigeria oh. or Liberia like oh or something like that, you know. <laughs> so it's, uh, it, it's really... And when she suspects somebody has got some infectious disease, then she puts the person in a room and then she will call the infectious disease mm-hmm. doctor. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious, like, in the future, how we will live our lives. Like, we talk about the upcoming boosters, mm-hmm. especially for the elderly. And then in the future, we're looking at more variants of COVID. So will there be more cycles of vaccination to come? But what's the outlook of, you know, the future like? Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, I've been wrong so many times. Okay. <laughs> I, I thought that the virus would disappear in the first summer, mm-hmm. but it didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, one of the things that's consistent about all viruses mm. is after a while, they become less and less virulent, mm-hmm. but they're more easily spread. Mm. Because that's the goal of a virus, is mm. to spread all over the place. And it doesn't want to kill the host. Mm. Because mm. it kills the host, it's got nowhere to live. Yep. You know, yep. it's a parasite. Okay. It depends on on us for food, for shelter, for all this kind of thing. True, mm-hmm. true. Shelter in our bodies. Exactly. Mm. Oh my yes, God. So that's scary. Why I, yeah. I remember reading, I think, I can't remember if it's the Ebola virus yeah. or something because it's so fatal. Deadly. Yeah. Mm. It's actually a very bad infection. Exactly. It can't, it can't really survive uh, very long and it, 
After you know, it goes into a village, kills a whole bunch of people, and then no more. You know, mm. oh. so it wipes itself out. It sort of runs out of food. <laughs> you know, oh. that kind of thing. It's like human beings cutting down the forest. <laughs> mm. You got nothing left. That's a know. very good analogy, actually. So we yeah. need to be mindful, actually, ourselves. I of think how so. We take mm. care of how, how yeah. we, we can mm. survive. What do you foresee? Yeah. Uh, will be uh, permanent changes that's going to be in Singapore. Now that technically we are out of this whole COVID madness, right? Like, I think after SARS, we had the whole, uh, what was it called? Do- what was it called? Doscon, was it? Ah, yeah. The uh, orange and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Doscon. So, yeah, I so forgot about that. <laughs> that was created post-SARS, yeah. right? What do you think will be implemented here in Singapore uh, as, a, as a result of our experience with COVID? Well, you know, f- I think from the health point of view, mm-hmm. uh, the DOSCON will be refined. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, in fact, you know, during H1N1 uh, uh, 2009, mm-hmm. we were at DOSCON Orange for about a week. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah. And then they stepped down. I see. Because mm. they realized it was not as severe as uh, they feared it would be. Mm. Uh, most people have forgotten about that. But <laughs> actually, if you look back, it was around the May Day holiday in 2009. Mm-hmm. And even before we had our first case, they actually stepped down. Oh, even before the first even case. Even before the first case. The first case was about, uh, we were we were back down into yellow. Mm-hmm. And the ministers were asked at the time, are we going to go back up to orange? They said, no, mm-hmm. stick with yellow. Because at that time, again, uh, fortunately, the H1N1 2009 was not so severe. Mm-hmm. Ah. So, okay, you, you mentioned... You mentioned just now how um, viruses tend to go down in terms of fatality and, mm-hmm. and deadliness, right? Mm. But, but they I mean, also increase the, the way they can spread. Yeah. But because, I mean, with experience with COVID, it's gone through so many mutation cycles right. already. Right? Mm. Do you fear that we might actually get a, a new strain that ends up throwing a wrench into all our plans again? I, I doubt it. Because I think people have become so used to it. Mm-hmm. See? So mm-hmm. all over the world, people have become used to it. Again, except in China. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, the reality is that the new strains are, are likely... We will get new strains. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of time before we get new strains. So Dr. Like, I want to ask... Why is China doing like a zero yeah. tolerance yeah, policy? I don't understand it. It's very hard to figure out. But mm. you know, one of the things is all these lockdowns, mm-hmm. uh, they really don't work except in China. Huh? <laughs> yeah. And okay. and uh, in China, they work because they, they, they do it very drastically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I had friends who visit, uh, one of my colleagues was in Wuhan with the WHO team in February, in February, March 2020. Mm-hmm. He said it was incredible. The streets were completely deserted. You know, it's like, like our circuit breaker on steroids. Wow. I see. Yeah. And so, and they do that right now with five or six cases. They will lock down the whole city. You cannot go anywhere. Mm-hmm. You have to do delivery and delivery only to certain places. You want to see a doctor, you have to be escorted, that kind of oh, thing. Wow. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's very drastic and it's done very early. Mm-hmm. So it seems to work. So that's why they are doing it. But nowhere in the world can you do that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like health, health perspective wise, sure, maybe it works, right? But on a social, political, yeah, level, and, social and economic, mm-hmm. it will it will paralyze your whole country, right? Well, you know, that's the thing. In China, a lot of transactions are done electronically. Mm. Okay. And, and paradoxically, you know, this is going to spur a lot of the, you know, the on Alibaba's the. The whatnot, you see, the equivalent of the online transactions. Mm-hmm. Mm. And, and I think that may be tempering the, you know, if it really brought the economy down, they would give it up. Mm-hmm. True, true. But it's obviously sustaining a certain sector of the economy. 
Mm-hmm. And and so that's why they're keeping going with it. Mm. I think recently we were also shocked with uh, the infections of monkeypox. Right. Mm. Yeah. Then there was this. We covered this story where this is is it Nigerian guy? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Swam over to another country from Thailand. Yeah, from Thailand. <laughs> the first Thai case. Right? Yeah. 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 And and the first thing I did was to Google about monkeypox, and mm. uh, I got shocked and quite scared, lah. Honestly, because uh, I saw the bumps on the skin yeah, and, and all that, it, it and you leave. Terrible, yeah, you leave you. A scar and scar, all that is yeah. really scary. Yeah. What do we know about monkeypox here in Singapore? Yeah, so monkeypox has been around the world for about forty or fifty years. Mm-hmm. Actually. Oh, it's not and, new. And it's not new. Uh, the only thing is that it's it's coming out recently, mm-hmm. and it historically has been in the areas very close to the forest, okay, uh, and mainly in Africa, in West and Central Africa. Mm-hmm. But uh, there was a big outbreak in twenty thirteen in the United States. And it's a very interesting story. Mm-hmm. What it was, was it was related to these pet shops. Ah, so pet these shop. kids bought these little animals. Okay. Uh, they're like prairie dogs. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And these prairie dogs had been kept next to these uh, Gambian uh, small little rodents. Okay. Oh. Which were imported from West Africa, which were carrying the monkeypox. Mm. Oh. So it spread from the, the, the rodents from West Africa to the prairie dogs in the US to the kids. Oh. And there was, very li- there was almost no person-to-person spread during that outbreak. Mm. Mm. But in 2013, there was an outbreak in Nigeria. Right. Where there was quite a lot of person-to-person spread. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, they didn't talk about it much, but mm. the majority of cases were in young men. Oh, you, I see. So mm. we think that maybe that's what led to the current outbreak that's, mm-hmm. that's going around uh, worldwide. Is there a legitimate uh, worry for monkeypox in Singapore? I know there was one case, right? That got Im- It was an imported case. Yeah, there was an imported mm-hmm. case. A guy came for an oil and gas conference uh, uh-huh. in 2019, actually. Mm. Okay. And uh, it was a very sharp doctor from NCID. Mm-hmm. In fact, over the phone, she diagnosed it. The A&E wow. doctor called up and said, this guy from Nigeria came in with high fever. Mm-hmm. You know, do you think it could be Lhasa fever, which is like a milder form of Ebola? Mm-hmm. Then she asked for a description and, and he said, oh, he had rashes on the hands. And, and then she said, monkeypox. Wow. Put him in isolation. And true enough, he came back positive. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you, sure. how does an infection... Go from a monkey to a rodent to something else and then to humans. Yeah, so currently the thinking is it's very close contact. Mm-hmm. So um, what happens with the, the monkeys and rodents, again, they, they interact. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they share sort of living spaces. Mm-hmm. In certain parts of Africa, and in fact this guy, uh, the first case, yep. uh, he said before he came to Singapore, he went to a wedding mm. okay. and, and they had bushmeat. Oh. So it's okay. it's like a delicacy. Mm. See, there are certain kinds of uh, uh, exotic animals, yes. you mm-hmm. know, that uh, certain cultures in Asia as well, yep. they, they would eat exotic animals for mm-hmm. special occasions. See? Mm-hmm. So apparently that's probably where he got infected. Oh, okay. But you know, you raised a good point about not, I mean… The young men, right? right? Because I know that in the US, it, it actually led to quite a lot of speculation. U, US or Europe, Europe, I think. Europe, right? yeah. Mm-hmm. There was a study and then they said that most transmissions were happening uh, between men, uh, in, in particular men who have sex with men. Mm-hmm. And That's then that kind of led to, I mean, unfortunately, as with these things, yeah. it leads to quite a lot of, uh, I guess, politicization of it. Mm. Yes, and but it is a fact, you know. Mm. There's a large study that's been published uh, in the major medical journal, mm-hmm. and more than ninety five percent of cases were in men who have sex with men. Mm. And in fact, the majority of local cases here also are believed to be in men who have sex with men. How many cases do we have here? Uh, the last count is sixteen on okay. the uh, MOH uh, report. Mm-hmm. 
All men, yeah. Mm. So, but that, that's like still within control, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, 16 cases is like uh, one hour worth of COVID. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like, so so as a doctor, right, I'm just curious, like if presented with this, because like you say, it's it's undisputed, right? That yeah. it's major, it's men who are getting like right. And in particular, men who have sex with men. Mm-hmm. So if somebody presents with you this idea that, you know, so see, like points to them and say, yeah, so see all these people, they bring problems. Right. How would you respond to that? Yeah, you know, everybody brings problems. That's the reality. The most famous infectious disease doctor on TV uh-huh. is, is Dr. House. Okay. I don't know yes. if you remember ah, watching yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And his famous line is, everybody lies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ah, that's true. And so it doesn't matter who you are. See, mm-hmm. you do something silly. You know, mm-hmm. you eat something you shouldn't have eaten. Mm. You go somewhere you shouldn't have gone. You're mm. not going to tell the doctor that right away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> See, yeah. I, I ask this because, I mean, you mentioned HIV before right. as well, right? That mm. you deal with that a lot. And HIV, of course, early on in its, uh, in its history was also pointed to as like a gay people problem. That's right. And I think this is where the lessons that we learned with the early on in the HIV epidemic are, mm-hmm. are I think, hopefully beginning to work with monkeypox. Oh. Mm-hmm. So even though there are large numbers of men who have sex with men who are infected, mm-hmm. you know, doing targeted messaging, trying to make sure that people take care of their sexual health, mm-hmm. uh, that they go and seek medical attention when they're early, mm-hmm. uh, before, you know, they don't go and start, you know, um, moving around when they are, when they are still infectious. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are the kind of things that if we had done in 1981 in Los Angeles or in San Francisco, or San Francisco in the places where, where the epidemic kind of exploded, mm-hmm. you know, we may not have had 30 million people infected with, with HIV like we do mm-hmm. uh, today. Mm-hmm. I, I just want to ask uh, just a bit on back at, on the issue of COVID. Now, when we were doing the whole vaccine thing, right, right. and the, the, the race towards the vaccine, mm was extremely fast and we all know that and with that came its fair share of controversy and whatnot. Yep. But that happened and thankfully, you know, we are most of us are inoculated. Yep. I remember at the tail end of it, they were talking about the possibility of tailoring uh, uh, oral medication right. tailored towards uh, COVID. But that seemed to have like just fallen off the radar. Well, there are oral medications which are available. There are two which are available in Singapore. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not great. Mm. And uh, a, stu- a study has just been done which shows that Paxlovid, which is the most widely used of them, mm-hmm. um, in those 65 and above, it does reduce the risk of hospitalization. Mm-hmm. Those below 65 is no use. No issue. <laughs> oh, okay. Ooh. Mm-hmm. And what about kids? Because kids seem to be getting it a lot more, especially in the later... Yeah, they uh, got periods. it more, but they still get it pretty mildly. Ah. So it's uh, it's not so much of a concern. In fact, Singapore they they did a study which was published again in the major medical journal, mm-hmm. and they looked at like a million kids. Uh, Fifty eight thousand of them uh, got infected, mm-hmm. and only five of them needed oxygen. Wow! Oh, so it's oh. quite safe to say that. I mean, more as it looks now, like COVID is kind of like a thing that we can not say put behind us, but mm-hmm. we can quite comfortably say, yeah, you know, we are living with it. No big issue anymore. Yeah, it feels right? like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I no. think so. And in fact, you know, if not for for, for certain countries, mm-hmm. the WHO could have declared this over, I think, six months ago. Okay. Ah. okay. So, like, moving forward, um, what, is, what else do you think we should, as Singaporeans, be 
mentally prepared of in terms of infectious diseases. Mm. COVID 2.0. Yeah. We like let our gut down a bit and start living life as it is. Well, yeah. I think I think there are a few things that uh, there there are some negatives and there's some positives which okay. have come out of this pandemic. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the big positive is now everybody knows how to do an ART test. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's true. Right. I mean, you see little kids doing their own ART test mm-hmm. and, and that's amazing. Mm, and and uh, coming back to HIV, you know, they're now self-testing for HIV, which is available in Singapore. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it's available currently only at two locations. One, Kelantan Road, the Department of STD Control. Mm-hmm. But there's some of the GPs who are also making it available. Oh, and so self-test. Self-test. It's the, there's a saliva test. So you, mm-hmm. instead of swabbing your nose, you swab your, uh, your mouth. Mm-hmm. And then you put it on a strip and mm-hmm. then you wait and you see the result. Wow. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty accurate. The The latest uh, self-tests are pretty accurate. And it's that fast. I mean, I it's was... It's that give- fast. 15 minutes just like your uh, ART. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Is this taught in like, you know, sex ed school uh, curriculum or anything like that? Well, they are very cautiously rolling it out. The oh, self-test okay. has only been licensed in Singapore for a couple of months. Mm-hmm. And oh, okay. they, are, they are looking at the results and it's quite promising. Mm-hmm. Because the idea is that if you self-test, then, you know, the responsibility is yours. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And, and the good thing about HIV now is mm-hmm. if you start treatment early, you can go through life asymptomatic for 20, 30 years. You see? Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. It's not a death sentence anymore. It's not a death sentence anymore. In fact, at the last uh, AIDS conference before the current one, mm-hmm. there was a group of people from the UK, uh, researchers, mm-hmm. and they presented data which shows that men with HIV mm-hmm. in the UK live longer than men without HIV. <laughs> and do you know why? Interesting. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Because they take care of themselves. Exactly. And they see mm. the doctor every three months or six months. Mm-hmm. So they get their cholesterol check. They mm. get their blood pressure check. Oh. They get their blood sugar check. Mm. So fewer of them are getting heart attacks and strokes. You know, mm. in the UK, you eat a British breakfast. It's, oh, it's yeah, terrible. Yeah. It's going to kill your arteries. <laughs> <laughs> doctor, thank you so much for spending some time with yes. us mm-hmm. and sharing a lot of insights. Is there anything that you'd like to uh, tell our listeners who are actively tuning in? Uh, probably words of wisdom or, you know, something for them to kind of like impart with, with this uh, podcast. Well, you know, Singapore is in a very unique place. Mm-hmm. Like I said, uh, we've got self-testing rolling out for, for a lot of infectious diseases. Mm-hmm. But we also have a lot of uh, electronic uh, resources. Uh, and there, there are a lot of apps, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. the, that are mo- moving out. Uh, everyone I meet, today I already told two of my relatives, go and download the Health Hub app. Mm-hmm. Or have that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Health Hub. It's, uh-huh. it's very useful. Yes. And you can put yourself down as a caregiver to, uh-huh. to, a, to a relative, you see, to your parent or to your uncle or aunt or somebody mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And then you can get the results. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's very useful. See, uh, mm-hmm. The exact case was my wife's cousin, mm-hmm. her daughter had high fever. And okay. she said she went to see the GP and then the GP told her she, you know, better go to the hospital. They said, oh, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then uh, I, I said, do you have the health habit? She said, oh, no, not yet. So uh-huh. she had to go and take a picture of the thing and send it to me. Uh-huh. I said, it's probably dengue. You know, mm-hmm. the count was low. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So this is the kind of thing. It, it allows for you to get an opinion, to, mm. to have some hard data about your health. And, you know, you've got things you can monitor, like your cholesterol, your, mm-hmm. your oh, so blood sugar. All the reports. And all, all the that- reports are there. They're available. Uh-huh. Wow. And you can monitor your parents, you can monitor your, uh, of course, with their permission, you know, mm-hmm. they have to use the sync pass to to, yeah. to log in. But it's mm-hmm. a great, it's a great resource. Mm-hmm. Wow. Thank Food you, Dr. Smart Nation. Once again, thank you for your presence here uh, in today's podcast. If you're liking this content, please share them on your respective social media platforms. And we will see you in the next podcast only on planb.sg. Bye-bye.